I am Alex Stille, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast that hopes to give you inspiration and tools to live a more satisfying life. This story was originally broadcast on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. If you enjoy listening, you can head to the NHK World website to watch. You'll find interviews with people from all walks of life. We all want to be healthy. We all want to live surrounded by people who are healthy. But we often have a pretty narrow definition of what health is. Public health initiatives are about more than combating viruses, bacteria, and parasites. They're about stopping any epidemic that threatens the health and well-being of a large section of the population. In the United States, one of the most dangerous and traumatizing epidemics threatening the health of children is school shootings. The country has seen hundreds of incidents, resulting in far too many deaths. The magnitude of the problem can feel disheartening. There's no vaccine or medicine to cure gun violence. So what can we do? Well, today's guest has a plan. Dr. Dewey Cornell is a professor and clinical psychologist who specializes in preventing school shootings. He offers threat assessment training to school educators and counselors. Some of the audio you will hear in this episode is from a reenactment instruction video. How does Dewey try to stop school shootings before they happen? Let's join narrator Hannah Barnes and find out on today's episode of Vision Vibes. Shootings in schools have been a persistent problem in the United States. More than 330 incidents have occurred since 1999, killing at least 185 people. Keeping students safe from school shootings has become a critical issue in society. One method that is attracting high hopes is known as threat assessment. In the program, a team of educators and counselors looks into signs of threats manifested by a student. Dewey Cornell is a leading threat assessment expert. As a professor of clinical psychology at the University of Virginia, he created this comprehensive program, which has been adopted by many states. We asked Dewey Cornell what he considers the key to reducing the risk of shootings in schools. In a number of the shootings, uh, people knew. The students had shared their intentions. And so again, we need a threat assessment team at the school where students, teachers, and parents know that they can go uh, to the school and say, I'm worried. Here's what I saw. Here's what was said. And then that team can investigate. Uh, and when they do a good job, they determine that a threat is truly serious and can be stopped. In workshops, Cornell shares the methodology of threat assessment to prevent school shootings. It requires teachers, counselors, school administrators, and law enforcement officers to work together as a team. I've had enough of this. I'm going to shoot every single last one of you. 
when a potential threat is reported by peers or others, the team talks to the student who made the threat and looks carefully at his or her life. You want to talk about it? Well, the kids on their bus, they're always picking on me. And even when the bus driver tells them to stop, they never listen. Then, the team evaluates the seriousness of the student's behavior and finds a way to resolve issues, which led to the problem. A 150-page manual outlines the team's work step-by-step, including detailed questions for the team to ask a student who is in trouble. Although the process outlined in the manual looks easy to follow, it demands that team members do some deep analysis. There is no checklist that you can say, oh, if they check these boxes, it's serious. We must always look at the context, the circumstances. We look at the child's history. We look at what witnesses have to say. We have some standard questions that we ask. Uh, but we make sure that we are thorough and that we talk to other individuals to understand the full circumstance. Threat assessment is a heavy responsibility. Uh, one teacher, one counselor, one principal is not enough. Uh, it, it's, it's too worrisome to have to make such a decision on your own. And you will be tempted to just assume everyone is dangerous and everyone should be removed from the school uh, uh, because you don't want to be wrong. However, if we have a team, uh, we can share the responsibility. A team can gather more information, they can deliberate, they can evaluate the information, and they can make a better decision. Also, when they decide that the student needs services, the team can get the services for the student. Uh, the school principal uh, can uh, ask for the services, the counselor can deliver the services, the teacher can monitor uh, if the services are working, uh, the counselor can talk with the parents. So we really need a team to do all the things that we need uh, to help the student and resolve the problem. A big problem we have is something called zero tolerance. Zero tolerance is a philosophy of harsh punishment no matter what circumstance, even if it was just silly behavior. So a student said, pow, pow, with their finger, suspended from school, out of school. A student took out a, a, a pencil and went pow, pow, with a pencil, suspended from school. We know that using this model leads to more suspensions, more misbehavior, more academic failure, more students drop out of school, more students end up in the criminal justice system. So a zero tolerance approach, it might sound good, but it doesn't work. Cornell now has a staff of 18 people conducting workshops and research alongside him. Their research shows that the majority of threats made by students who received an assessment are never carried out. Over the years, the program has been introduced in 40 states. It has prevented numerous incidents, impacting the lives of countless students. 
We have hundreds of cases where uh, a student makes a threat, they see the threat assessment team, uh, a young man in a local school uh, was being teased by his peers. He was being made fun of. Uh, he had a, a speech problem. He was awkward, and, uh, and so they were making fun of him. And so he, he threatened them, caused a big uproar. Uh, parents wanted, wanted the student to be expelled from school. Uh, the threat assessment team looks at the situation. He's upset, he's distressed, but he's not serious about killing someone. And so uh, they worked with him. Uh, they worked with the students who were uh, teasing him. He began to see the counselor on a regular basis and developed a good relationship with the counselor. And uh, a year later, there was a school shooting in the news. And he uh, came to the counselor and said, thank you. That could have been me. And uh, you helped me. For Cornell, it was a 1997 mass school shooting which influenced him to start working on threat assessment. As a forensic psychologist, he researched the 14-year-old student involved. The student had been bullied throughout childhood. And one day, a group of students incited him to take revenge on an opposing group. The school did not do enough to stop the bullying. They, they looked the other way, and the bullying continued. And he was physically bullied, he was verbally bullied. He became depressed and withdrawn and suicidal. And he began to have delusions. And he stole some guns. And he stole some guns from a neighbor. And he told a number of his friends, uh, I've got the guns. And they said, well, we'll help you. We'll see you Monday morning. Now, these boys say, no, we didn't say that. We were just joking. It wasn't serious. We didn't think it would really happen. And to friends that he was concerned about, he said, don't be in the Monday. Don't be in the lobby Monday morning. So many kids were told, and nobody told an adult. So when I hear this, you can imagine it was heartbreaking to realize it could have been prevented. Uh, and this young man went to school, and he by himself uh, fired into a crowd of students and shot eight students. and. Um, and, and killed three, three young women. Um, so uh, the FBI conference uh, was in 1999, and we thought, okay, what was the difference between the shootings that took place and the shootings that were prevented? The biggest difference is threats were reported. In almost all of the shootings, the student made threats. They let people know what they were planning to do. They asked for help from other students. They warned people, they threatened people, they wrote things on the internet about it. But in the shootings where the threats were not reported, the shootings occurred. Where the threats were reported and investigated, 
and found to be serious, they were stopped. Every time a school shooting happens, there is an outcry calling for prevention. But nobody has ever reached a consensus on what to do. Many push for investing in security systems. However, Cornell argues, such a quick fix will not reduce school shootings. Prevention has to start before the gunman arrives. If we only think about the gunman, then we only think about locking the door and, and having an armed guard and having a camera. Very expensive, very ineffective, uh, and short-sighted. And they do that because they think it's unpredictable. And I say, yes, it's unpredictable. I don't know where the next shooting will occur, but I can still prevent a shooting. We don't have to know, oh, you really are going to commit a shooting. No, we don't need to know that. We just need to know you have a need. There is a problem. So threat assessment is helping many thousands of students and, and maybe only one in a million would have committed a shooting. But, you know, we, how do we prevent cancer? We all stop smoking, you know? I can't predict whether it saved me or not, but I'm going to do it and, and, and it will work. So uh, prevention does not require prediction. I don't want to label a student and say, you're a dangerous student, you're a killer, anything like that. I simply say, you're upset about something. You made a threatening statement. You're angry about something. You're hurt about something. What can we do to resolve the problem? In 2022, a modest gun safety law was finally passed in Congress after years of struggle and many mass shootings. Gun laws are not going to eliminate the problem, but they will reduce it. It's a risk factor. And so, like all illnesses and public health problems, there's no single solution that eliminates the problem, but there are ways to reduce it. If we had reasonable uh, gun safety laws, we could greatly reduce gun violence uh, in our country. Uh, and we need to do a much better job of helping those individuals to be more successful, because if they were successful in their life, they wouldn't feel like this is the only way that they can uh, end their life or carry out their life. So most of the mass shootings are not in schools. The vast majority of mass shootings are in homes, public places like stores and restaurants, parking lots, uh, concerts, many other places. So we can't just focus on the school shootings. They're horrifying and they are upsetting and they arouse our concern, but the mass shootings are everywhere. And, and we need a solution that is focused on all of them. And that's by helping our young people be happier and more successful uh, in school and then as young adults after they leave school. After decades of working on the prevention of school shootings, what does Dewey Cornell think is the most important thing for us to keep in mind? So prevention 
does not require prediction. There is a common misunderstanding that because shootings are unpredictable and unexpectable, that there's nothing we can do to prevent them. No one can predict who's going to get cancer. But if you stop smoking, your risk goes down. So we just need to identify the risk factors and prevention will take care of itself without prediction. Prevention does not require prediction. Dewey's approach is obvious when it comes to physical health. We know that proper sleep, exercise, and nutrition can prevent a lot of diseases. We can do research on people who exercise regularly versus people who don't and see the health benefits of exercise. The problem with an epidemic like school shootings is that the importance of prevention is not well understood. Even when measures are in place, we can't measure school shootings that didn't happen. Dewey's message is that what is true for our physical health is also true for our mental health and the health of society. By creating healthy school environments where every child has a voice and no child feels isolated, we greatly reduce the risk of violent crime. In the modern world, despite being more connected than ever through the internet, we are witnessing a rise in cases of loneliness and despair. Our society is becoming more fragmented, more polarized. We need to do more to listen to one another and connect on a human level. The health of our children depends on it. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. You can find the transcript, as well as our other stories, on the NHK World website. I've been Alex Delay. Join us next time for more mind-expanding insights from inspiring people on Vision Vibes. <laughs>